My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Aloha! Welcome, tech fans, to this week's edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Back from outer space with happy looks upon our collective face, this is your regular weekly pod, brought to you by the editors of PC Advisor, Tech World, Macworld UK and Computer World UK. Every week we form a human pyramid in our specially designed audio <laughs> big top, mining our collective mind to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed discussion on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. That crystal clear high fidelity noise you can hear comes courtesy of our sponsor, Audio Technica, who provided the mics on which we are throwing together this monkey business. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK, and today I am thrilled to be joined in chat by the irrepressible Lewis Painter, staff writer of PC Advisor. Hello, hi. <laughs> the irresistible Christopher Manassians, staff writer of Macworld UK. Hola, senor. The irreplaceable Chris Martin, the consumer tech editor of PC Advisor. Hello. And the irredeemable David Price, acting editor of Macworld UK. And you're always going to get the funny one. Yeah. You're, you're the butts <laughs> of the joke. This week we were discussing social interaction, Kanye West and VR, whilst attempting to stop things becoming too antisocial, going south and requiring intervention from HR. It's a tall order, but there's a first time for everything. So strap yourselves in. Here we go. So, Lewis, I understand that the future's made up virtual reality. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Can it's I just that, as an intro? I want that as an intro to every VR-related article on the website. Just Absolutely. Yeah, we use that as a little audio sting. It, it's yeah. kind of copyrighted Jamiroquai. What? Probably. That guy's, that guy's not... Don't worry about him. He's he has enough hats. Fan. He's got hats, he's got cars. He's fine. I don't he know if he's got a any... photographer once, though. Okay. Has he got... <laughs> Bringing it back, has he got a virtual reality headset? And if he if he does, what would it be? What the hell's going on with VR, Lewis? Well, VR looks to be the big thing this year. I mean, MWC was taken over by VR. I mean, Samsung used it to announce the Galaxy S7. Mark Zuckerberg snuck in and made an appearance. That was pretty random. Weird. Uh, I mean, and you got the Oculus Rift, you know, the kind of premium headsets and the HTC Vive Pre. Uh, they've both gone, uh, well, they're up for pre-order at the moment, start shipping this month and next month, which is pretty exciting. And then you've got PlayStation's VR headset, which is due out this year as well. So it's kind of the big premium headsets are all coming out this year. So it's kind of where the VR is going to kick off. And, and is it going to kick off? Because we talked about this a lot. One of the reasons we wanted to get you in today to talk about this is, you know, VR is a bit like 3D or, yeah. you know, it's one of those things that every year is the year of VR. 
but this year kind of feels different. It kind of feels different. To kind of, I mean, when 3D was introduced, it was kind of you know very expensive. You had to get special TVs for it, and you had to wear the glasses. I mean, I know VR is kind of a similar situation, but um, I mean, Facebook is a good example of um, a, a website that hosts VR content that you don't need a VR headset to enjoy. So they've got their 360-degree videos, and you can hold them up and use the, gy- um, the gyroscope in your phone to kind of look around the environment as you would. But you can also swipe and have a little look that way, and that's an interesting way of, um, you know, a different way of looking at VR that where you don't need the expensive headset and you don't need any flashy equipment. Well, expensive. Expensive is the word, isn't it? You said premium earlier as well. Yeah. I'm a little bit scared by how much all this stuff is going to cost. And I'm, I'm a bit worried that you're going to rush off and buy it because I know what you're like. <laughs> I know, I'm fighting every urge in my body not to not to do one at the moment. You but... could use your VR headset while you're riding around on your hoverboard, uh, <laughs> flying your drone. If you've got a HTC Vive Pre, they've got a little camera at the front as well, so I could actually do that. They're not that expensive. Well... Right. <laughs> so so let, let's talk so, about so, so so the Vive Pre, is that what is that pronounced? Vive Pre. Vive Pre. That's how I say Vive Pre, Vive Pre. Oh, let's oh. call the whole thing off. Uh, <laughs> that is what, six hundred dollars in the US? Six hundred and eighty pounds and seven hundred and ninety nine dollars. Okay. Um but that doesn't include shipping. Shipping is another fifty seven pounds sixty pence. So that is that is expensive yeah. by any, any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But when you're talking about getting early adopters to buy cutting edge tech it's not outrageously expensive. This is less than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And we're talking like not much more than a high-end phone. Yeah. And people are happy to buy phones. So, But a phone is... is something you need and it's fundamental and it's used in many ways. Whereas this is, at the moment, forgive me, but kind of a gimmick and will become maybe mainstream. I don't know. We'll, you know I think the disagree, years but... of it being a gimmick are gone. Yeah. I think though, all those years where it was like, this is the year of VR, we're all just like beta type years and now you can actually buy it get it home use it the amount of stuff you can do with it is just going to shoot up but you can use it for less things than a phone i guess is what i'm saying yeah. oh definitely um, but if you think about the tech in it it's completely different so sure yeah. i wouldn't yeah. be surprised if such a new category was more expensive sure yeah i mean it's, i talked about this last week but it's the equivalent of when the vhs recorder first became available and it was the cost it was it was the third most expensive thing you could buy after your house and your car but people bought them because they saw other people with them and they liked them. And very quickly, the price went down, which I guess if VR is successful, if these, these consumer headsets are successful, scalability means the price will go down. Fingers crossed. Which, which headsets do we think? I mean, you guys are the experts. Who's going to win this battle? Well, that's an interesting one because Oculus... Uh, the Oculus Rift is arguably the most famous out of all of them. They kind of they started, you know, quite a few years ago, kind of developing their headset, and then Facebook bought them for like two billion, which is kind of an insane amount of money for a social network to buy a you know, sure. VR company for. Um, I mean, that kind of shows in itself that you know that there's uses beyond gaming um, for virtual reality. But um, I've got blank. What was the question? Well, <laughs> I'll answer it a bit. Well, I'm reading Lewis's notes here, so I'm stealing. <laughs> his uh, things, but HTC's uh, has gone on pre-sale, a pre-order, and they've already sold. They sold fifteen thousand in ten minutes, sure, which is twenty-five a second. So You've got to say fair enough to that, haven't you? That's that's, that's, pretty that's a pretty good win to start off with. It is. I'll tell you an interesting <laughs> thing though, and this is just a complete tech journalist observation, which may or may not be worthwhile, but you could still buy it like hours after it first went on sale. So, and if that was generally speaking, what tech companies do generally speaking, and maybe HTC haven't done this, but is they throttle supply so that demands increase, so that, you know, you have to queue to get your iPhone on day one. So I do wonder whether 
they were expecting to sell more. It's pure speculation, but maybe they were expecting to sell more. Don't it is know. interesting because um, where, when the Oculus went on pre-order, yeah. um, within a day, you know, the, the pre-order stretched back until July. So people that order have gone on the website, now I'm going to get the headset until July when it starts shipping in March. Sure. Um, whereas if you go on the HTC website today, it will still say available from April, yeah. which is when they, they had it up from the beginning. Yeah. Now they could be getting around that just by saying it starts in April, but we're not going yeah. to say when yours is going to come. And, and, and like HTC as a smartphone manufacturer, albeit a smartphone manufacturer that is smaller than you think, yeah. it does have the power of you know, being able to tap into that Chinese manufacturing process yeah. of the likes of people like Foxconn, whereas Oculus is a startup, yeah. essentially. So it's entirely possible that they just don't have the manufacturing. Sort of. The Oculus Rift, is that is that now the consumer headset that's available to buy yeah yeah that's the consumer version and how much does that cost that is uh 599 dollars or 499 wow. pounds which okay. yeah people aren't very happy about that especially because the uh ceo of oculus said a few months before it was uh went up for pre-sale that that it would co- it'll be sold at um cost effectively right. so you know it'd be pretty cheap everyone would be able to get their hands on it and then two, three months later, yeah, they're bringing out kind of five hundred pound yeah. price tags, and okay. people weren't very happy about it. That was it. the main problem: was going back on that yeah, promise. Exactly. Yeah, it would, have, it would have been fine if it yeah. just hadn't said it, the thing. Yeah, and then to <clears> they've, say, they've got a bit of history yeah. of that, though, haven't they? Because like release dates and everything, they've yeah. they've consistently and in quite an endearing way leaked information that's then turned out to be wrong. Yeah, uh, and been slightly shambolic in their approach. Um, and so, is there a question of so? Typically speaking, when a new category of device is pushed in this way. Mm-hmm. There is a kind of compatibility battle because yeah. ultimately it's content that will sell the devices. So where's the content coming from that's going to work on the HTC's device? Where is it coming from that's going to work on the Oculus device? Because presumably the PlayStation thing, that's all That's all locked down. That's yeah. Sony. Sony yeah, is Sony a content only. company, yeah. actually. Um, so, so, you know, is there is there a conflict there? So this is what I'm trying to find out at the moment because there's not really a lot online about it because Oculus, you know, Oculus Rift support was built into Windows 10. So if you've got Windows 10, you can just plug in your Oculus Rift and you can go. And then um, VR-enabled games should be available to you. Whereas with HTC's um, headset, you need something called Steam VR. Right. Because obviously um, HTC partnered with Valve, who owns Steam, the uh, PC gaming platform. Sure. Um, so games like Elite Dangerous that HTC has advertised as being HTC Vive compatible have Steam VR compatibility on their um, Steam page. So that means that you'll be able to use it with the Vive and it'll be fine. Whereas other um, games that have VR support don't mention Steam VR. And I've reached out to HTC to get confirmation on this yeah. uh, and whether it's just come for something at their end that they haven't sorted out properly or whether um, developers will need to code in specific support for each headset and they're going to get back to me uh, okay. hopefully today or tomorrow about wow. that. So that's interesting because I mean, what does compatibility mean anyway? In that sense, are they, are they if it is officially um, VR compatible yeah. for the HTC device, does that mean that it's literally immersive? You can walk around the game, or it does it just mean certain features or certain elements of the game? So this is the other issue because the Oculus Rift measures kind of head movement and yeah. you know leaning forwards, leaning backwards, whereas the HTC Vive Pre provides you with two handheld controllers that allow you to interact with your environment and right. it allows you to get up and walk around. Wow. Obviously, that kind of thing, it requires extra code. Of course. So that, you know, I'm not expecting to be able to jump into GTA and be yeah. able to walk around straight away. But I want to, what what, what the question is, is whether um, the headset, just the headset um, compatibility is kind of, you know, universal. That's the real thing. Because if it's not, if there's fragmentation, even between the Vive and the Rift, there's going to be issues down the line. Yeah, of course. And then presumably that means that only one or two platforms yeah. can survive in this space. Yeah. 
which is never a good thing. <laughs> Interesting. So a quick round the room before we finish our discussion on VR. Um, uh, interested, going to buy... Uh, do you think in the next year to 18 months you'll be interested in buying a VR headset? Go, Chris Martin. Probably. Lewis. 100%. Christopher? I don't think so, no. David Price? No. <laughs> some, some way down the line, but I'm never an early adopter. Yeah. I don't think it's a good idea. I think I'm pretty much in your camp. Interestingly, we just pretty much divided along age lines, so we might yeah. learn something there. Okay, great. Thanks, guys. Uh, we're going to take a short gap now, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking about the way that smartphones are changing the way we behave in the real world. So, Christopher, you've been observing something about the way that smartphones change social behaviour. What's on your mind? Well, it actually came through me coming to work, commuting in, and I see all these people glued to their phones constantly and not actually realising their space around them. I understand that um, being social when you're in a commute is not exactly the, the first thing on your mind, but at least looking up and not, say, trampling on some other person's foot would be a great... Would be a great um... Did someone stand on your foot, Chris? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's mainly the fact of... Because I've I've heard this quite a lot, and there's actually quite a few marketing campaigns. Um, people who created like Facebook posts, ironically, on social media, saying if you stop spending all your time on your phone, you'll actually meet a new person, and that new person might be, say, the love of your life, for example. Sure. Um, it was quite it was quite touching, and it was quite um, interesting to actually see that sort of marketing campaign. Well, a marketing campaign is more of a person that thought. I'm against people looking at their smartphones the whole time. Um, but it also kind of links into how the world is moving. Everyone has smartphones in their hands. Um, people are always on online. And funnily enough, I know it's quite old, but in 2013, um, O2, um, as in the mobile uh, provider, um, they conducted a little survey and they found out that people are spending more time on their phones rather than their partners. Right, and that to me is more really time on long. their phones than on their partners. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, no, but as in with their partners. So sure. it's it's actually quite alarming considering your partner obviously is your your other half, so your wife or your your husband or whoever it is, a boyfriend girlfriend. You surely expect to spend more time with them than with your smartphone. And the, the survey found that no, actually people spend more time on their smartphone, which was about two hours a day versus I think it was like eighty minutes or something like that. Sure. Which, little bit less but 80 minutes a day with their partner it was funny a couple of years ago there was a an apple ad which was all about using your iphone and ipad to interact with your family i don't remember right. it it was it was it was one of the first made in california ads and every instance so it was someone facetiming or they were taking photos of their children stuff like that every instance the interaction was going through a display absolutely and it really, it really struck me what you're saying. You know, I think it's it's entirely true. And and um, I have a, a young daughter, and my wife and I have to be really careful. We've had to train ourselves not yeah. to constantly have our faces in our phones when we're around her, because then what are we teaching her? Well, yeah, exactly. there's a whole generation of young children that are growing up with their parents. Yeah. They're having to compete with their parents' smartphones for attention. And I'm I'm the same as you. I have a two year old and a, and a baby. And um, luckily, I have the um, uh, the safety valve of a wife who is very aware of this, um, and will say, "Can you maybe stop playing field runners too for a moment? And look at your son." Um, but it's not just smartphones as well. There was um, there was an article on the Onion a few years back about how we spend all of our time looking at glowing rectangles, 
Um, particularly if you're working in an office like mm. I do, then then in the morning I watch breakfast TV, then I commute to work and I'm looking at my smartphone on my iPad on the way in, then I'm looking at my Mac all day long, then I go home and I look at my smartphone and then I watch TV in the evening and the entire day has been mediated through screens. Absolutely. There was there was some research done, uh, this was again was two or three years ago, that suggested that um, that, that life that you just described, uh, and mine were broadly similar, listen to podcasts on the way into work, all that stuff, that we have in the first sort of three hours of our day, we have more um, input, we have more stimulation than somebody who was born pre-1910 would have in their entire life. Wow. <laughs> because because we are constantly pouring information into ourselves. But I suppose, you know, in order to move the conversation on, the question I would ask is, is that necessarily a bad thing? I mean, we're worried about teaching our children to look at displays, but that's what we do all the time. My mother-in-law gets really worried about my nephew playing computer games, but my nephew's a really bright kid, and the fact that he's playing a computer game, often a fantasy game, actually, it isn't, in my mind, all that different from him reading a book, which he also does, by the way. But my, my his grandma is just thinks it is just automatically bad that he's looking at a computer screen. And yeah. I don't know what I think about this. I'm just being devil's advocate. But, but, you know, we are often socially interacting through our devices. So is it necessarily a bad thing? Well, there's, there's, sorry, but there's definitely a sense of cultural superiority from things like books. The longer a cultural medium is around the more we think it's a legitimate way to spend time. And you go back to the start of the novel, and mm. young women reading yeah. novels were considered to be wasting Absolutely. their time, and, and now you know, you, you're know there with your book on the tube and you're Mr. Culture, and <laughs> it's all relative, isn't it? It's true. I was just going to mention, in terms of books, I mean, there's that discussion about libraries versus internet. Sure. So my mum was always telling me, I used to go to the library to find out my information, whereas you just type it on Google or yeah. type it on your search engine and you find your answer. And there's two sides of the argument. One is the internet gives me much more information and much broader opinion, whereas a book won't give me that broad opinion, rather a specific author's opinion. Um, so I'm getting more information, as you said, the, the more information I get, the better um, to write my paper or just to find out more information about how to do a certain thing. But at the same time, you're not going to find the information. Well, and you're also not going to find the accidental information. That's the thing. That's, yeah. So if you can just go straight to the search. I mean, again, there's this kind of panic about the idea that, that, that children don't retain children. Young adults don't retain facts because they don't need to because they find them, right? We all used to remember phone numbers. Yeah. We don't need to remember phone numbers now. You know, arguably, and I think demonstrably, 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 that's not, that's not necessarily all that bad of a thing as long as we're sort of using our brains for other stuff. But there is something about, and it's, it's the same way that people acquire. So David and I are of an age where, where we probably. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Probably used to go to our price and buy uh, CDs on a Saturday afternoon, oh, yeah. right? That was how we acquired music. You heard something on the radio, you thought that's interesting, you went and bought the rest of that artist's music. Or taped it. Or taped it. And somebody own. else, in, but somebody else in the record shop might say to you, or oh, if you like that, you should try this and it was kind of much more personal recommendation now if you like a song you hear an artist you can immediately hear everything of that artist and the likelihood is that's what you will do so it's just a different way of acquiring and it's actually in some ways slightly narrower yeah um, absolutely. but again i'm not i'm not convinced that's necessarily a bad thing because i'm scared of sounding like an old fogey oh. but it is different and it you know in, in the same way as education used to require us to learn a number of facts and then regurgitate them on the page yeah kind of no point doing that any more than there was point me knowing how to do complex sums on paper when I had a calculator at the side of me. The only point of it is the acquisition of the knowledge is in and of itself a good thing because it stimulates and develops your brain. Potentially we're at danger of losing some of that. Absolutely, absolutely. And just bringing it back to in terms of social interaction, I just thought to say, I mean, there's certain pictures on the internet which I don't know how valid they are. But well, people... where's, where's this going, Christopher? Well, there's... <laughs> Um, it's me in a, ma- a mankini. That's what it is. Ah. Um, it's uh, no. It's Did not it, expect that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's more the fact that uh, people are saying uh, people are antisocial now, and then there's a picture of um, people in a train. Yeah. Like, I don't know when yeah, it was yeah, yeah. with all their papers in their hands. So you know there is an interaction that's gone there because yeah. people are reading their papers. Sure. And I mean, similar on that point, we were saying about having screens fixated yeah. to us. Lewis just had a great, you know, great knowledge and great piece on 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 VR. You know, how does that link in as well? So, you know, yeah, why would why would we want to interact with other human beings when we can exist in a perfect virtual uh, paradise virtual reality? What is the point at which we all just disappear into our into our rooms and never come out again because virtual reality is better? Possibly after listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's another point, and, and a lot of people were. Um, opposed to say um, Google Glass. Yeah. So Google Glass, I, I, I didn't mention it just in in the VR part because it's not quite VR. Well, it's, um, it's AR, really, isn't it? It's AR, exactly. Yes, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that that's Lewis something approves. that's <laughs> that's something that's quite interesting to me because Google Glass had a massive marketing campaign. Loads of people were hyped mm. about it, um, and then that suddenly died down, considering well. It was just too expensive, and we had the discussion about how expensive are VR headsets. Mm. I and think it was it was socially unacceptable. I think you're right. Yeah. Socially, I think yeah, that's, that's what thing. killed it: is that people found it intrusive and annoying. So. Yeah, it's, I think I think also you've got to understand Google's 
decision to make glass, which is which was more to do with the underlying tech than the product itself. In, indisputably, at this stage, it's a failure. But I think the idea was to try and generate uh, interest around the benefits of actually AR, which is which is a commercial thing. Google's an advertising company. It wants people when they're walking down the street to be advertised at, yeah. um, based on location and based on what they're looking at. Uh, but it, I think it is a really interesting point because maybe this is the point at this stage where people are uncomfortable with that, where they don't want to, where they want to actually see the street they're walking down, not a representation of the street they're walking down, even if that gets them a pound off a coffee at Starbucks or whatever. See, I thought the real issue with Google Glass was the camera, because people didn't like the idea of the fact that they could be, you know, photographed or filmed to any of these, any any given situation. I mean, I don't think I'd mind if someone was sat across me and kind of getting notifications just you know, on the on on the headset. But I think maybe the point is that people themselves minded. Like this, this whole idea. I don't know, but this whole idea of Google Glass. Oh, that's really exciting. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I tried it out. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Would I want to walk around the street? <laughs> Would that be my experience? I don't know. No, it wasn't the best looking thing either. No, no. It's kind of come at it from a you know more fashionable angle. <laughs> <laughs> Very sure. True. Okay, interesting stuff. So let's again let's quickly. Uh, go around the room, uh, you know, are we, let's just, simple question, yes or no, are we concerned about the way that uh, all these displays in our lives are making us uh, interact with one another or not interact with one another? Chris Martin? Yes. Lewis no. Painter? Oh, right. Chris? <laughs> yes. David? No, I'm not worried. Yeah, I think I'm not worried either. I think it's just a natural, it's evolution. Come back in a couple of years, none of us will have any arms. <laughs> massive displays for eyes. Excellent. Okay, now we've sorted that out. We're going to have a very uh, short break and then we're going to come back to talk about something called Kanye West. So, David, I, I believe that someone called Kanye West has done something about which I should be interested. What's the deal with that? Uh, Kanye has made um, uh, a bit of a gaffe. Possibly. Uh, in the uh, ongoing roller coaster that is Kanye, Kanye West's um, public life, he has tweeted uh, a photo of a computer on which was um, YouTube playing uh, a song by Sufjan Stevens. And he I've tweet- heard of Sufjan Stevens. Sufjan Stevens is brilliant. That one, uh, wait a minute, that's not the Green Dog guy, is it? No, that's, yeah, no, Sufjan Stevens, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Um, this is, <laughs> the song is called uh, Death with Dignity, if you're yeah. interested. And, uh, and Kanye just tweeted this picture, and um, and then people noticed that the other tabs on the computer were pretty much all on various um, illicit websites. They were all um, PC torrents, advisor. Uh, piece of advisor, <laughs> MacWorld, um, Pirate Bay, uh, a Pirate Bay search for uh, a piece of synthesizer software which retails for two hundred dollars, various things like this, and. Kanye has in the past um, been very, um, well, very publicly in favour of paid-for streaming. Um, obviously, he's involved in the Tidal um, uh, web streaming service. Uh, and so obviously, people jumped on this and said, what's going on here? You're you're a hypocrite and you're stealing software. You're, you know, there was, I think, Media Downloader was open as well, so you're stealing music as well. So it seems like a, a, a bit of hypocrisy, but then... Uh, Kanye's people Hip-hop, hypocrisy hip, oh, hypocrisy uh, and then Kanye's people came back and said that it was all a joke uh, and the reason he was doing this was because um, everyone's been torrenting Kanye's album which Lewis is called no, something to do with a man's name yeah Pablo Pablo yeah the life of Pablo uh, I can't believe I knew that and Lewis didn't so he so he is is so he's tro- he was trolling 
Yeah, possibly. Can we get uh, Lewis to do his tra-la-la-la-la noise? Tra-la-la-la-la. Very good. Uh, <laughs> but the, 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 it goes even further than this because the excuse has a hole in it because he said, no, 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 that was, uh, that was Kanye tweeting a picture of somebody else's computer because it's a Samsung computer and Kanye only uses Macs. But um, very clearly, to anyone that knows anything about computers, it was uh, a Samsung monitor and running Mac OS X. So it was a Mac, and he's not telling the truth. So it's all a bit confusing. Lewis, you have an opposing viewpoint? Uh, yeah, I mean, the reason I didn't know what the name of the album was because I can't stand the man. <laughs> I think he's, he's more of a kind of walking contradiction more than anything. I um, that. I mean, um, you know, a- apart from what's happened this week, you, there was a tweet that he sent out kind of a few months ago where he was moaning about um, apps that had in-app purchases and that kids, right. you know, have all these apps and they're doing all these in-app purchases and stuff like that, but Yet, Kim Kardashian has uh, the most <laughs> popular app on the App Store that is full of in-app purchases. Hang on. Who's she and why does she relate to the story? She breaks the internet. Right. <laughs> this is, um, uh, so confused. Kanye West's other half, should I say. His squeeze. His, His squeeze. <laughs> His bae. His bae. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's just as bad as he is on social media. Kind of, they're both. But this is like the private eye thing where they always... They always, they always uh, hang people out to dry in newspapers if they have an article that disagrees with what an advertiser says. Yeah. So in this case... And if, also if they have an article that agrees exact, with what Exactly, because if, if Kanye had come out and said, you know what I like, in-app purchases, then everybody would have said, yeah. well, that's just because your wife has a free app that has in-app purchases. So he said something that disagrees with what is in his yeah. wife's interest, and yeah. you're hanging him out for that as well. I agree with him. I think it is disgusting that children are being given oh, I agree with that. with in-app purchases, and I, I, I agree with him wholeheartedly. Um, I, I do know what you mean, though. He's a bit annoying sometimes. He's a bit but, kind of tongue-in-cheek. But he's kind of a troll. But yes. I thought this was interesting because um, despite the, the problem with the, uh, the Samsung computer, should we call it a misunderstanding, I, I still think, I think I believe him. I think it was a joke because what always happens on Twitter is that people make um, light-hearted comments, they make jokes, and nobody gets it, and then they get jumped on. And this is, this is a classic tweet storm, I would say. Yeah. But what, so let's let's look at the underlying issues you know, to to understand why it matters. So he's got an album out. He's a big name. Uh, indisputably, lots of people will be uh, without paying for it downloading that. Yeah, that it's one of the most pirated albums because it's one of the most popular albums, presumably. Yeah. With yeah. certainly with the demographic of. But also, who, but also yeah. because he only made it available on Tidal. Exactly. Right. So you have to sign up for Tidal, yeah. and and that didn't actually go that badly. Tidal became the number one app, right. so it, so it did work. But then a lot of people also went, well, I can't buy it through the normal means, so I'm going to pirate it. Sure. Which is obvious. I don't agree with, but you can sort of understand. But it's interesting that we're here in 2016 and, and still there's this, you know, because because th- th- there's a feeling in some ways that the music industry, having been very late to understanding the internet, has somewhat got beyond that now. That there was this glorious period of 40 or 50 years where selling physical copies of music made you incredibly rich. And that's kind of over now, and we're back to where we were before, which is the publishing rights for music, broadcasting rights for music, uh, streaming, all of those things uh, will earn you a very good living, but we're not going to have these staggeringly wealthy people. Um, but the people who create music can earn a good living if it's popular. And yet still, we continue to bump into sort of controversies around digital rights and music, or is that just me being out of the loop? Uh, yeah, I, I still don't. I still don't think it's been settled. I think a lot of people are still resistant to the idea of 
paying for any digital media. Sure. And we we get this a lot in um, uh, in in journalism, which is sort of affected us a bit later than a lot of the other industries because yeah. it's actually it's ad blocking that's hitting us. It's Absolutely. people who are not just they're not just not willing to pay for digital content. They're not even willing to be advertised at while they're consuming it for free. Um, I think I think the genie is out of the bottle to use one of our phrases from previous podcasts and there is a large proportion of the population that won't pay on principle and think they are entitled to whatever digital content they can get their hands on through so any means i was going to move this on to ad blocking actually so i'm really interested that you went there because i think that's exactly right i actually think that the uh for want of a better word content business online content business is broadly speaking where um music was a few years ago and i'm pretty convinced that most people who ad block don't do it necessarily because they don't want to be advertised at they do it because we as in media companies have created an environment in which advertising is really uncomfortable and it creates a slow and buggy experience and ad blockers make things quicker and better i'm not advocating the use of ad blockers by the way i personally don't use an ad blocker but that's because ads pay for my mortgage um but the answer to it, and I think that we've seen this a bit in music as well, and it kind of speaks back to what I just said, is that there is too much supply at the moment. There are too many people writing the same stories um, across like the whole newspaper model. Um, and as long as there is that supply, demand for, in terms of the yield that we get from advertisers will remain relatively low. And that means that we have to put lots of adverts on pages and therefore the experience will be bad and some people will block ads. And the mm. long-term future for it is either people pay for content, which may happen, and if you're the Financial Times, they've got a brilliant business that already goes because the Financial Times has u- unique information you can't get anywhere else. Or um, there won't be as many publishers around in the future, and that will probably be, broadly speaking, a good thing because you won't get, you know, because you you will get only, in principle at least, the best information it's got all the most popular information that's available i think there's a lot of hypocrisy around the free culture this is what my initial reaction was when i saw the kanye west's um tweet was that this is classic everything is different for me yeah and i see this and i, and I sometimes have discussions with people that use ad blockers on our site i, I moderate the comments um to my uh, constant depression is that everybody thinks that um it's it's okay for them to do it. And so I, I used to talk a lot to a friend of mine who's a musician and he used to get very angry about things like LimeWire. This will give you an idea of how long ago I used to talk to him about. Is your friend Kanye West? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish. Actually, he's really poor, actually, isn't he? He's in debt, so he couldn't give me money. Anyway, uh, and so this friend of mine was very strident about LimeWire but was quite happy to um, uh, to copy computer games off sure. Of our friends, for example, and um, you know, everything else except what he yeah. personally had a financial interest in, because he was um, a budding professional musician. He, he thought that was the great issue, and I think a lot of people in journalism have been caught on the hop a little bit as well, yeah. because we we naturally tend to be sort of have this liberal outlook of or oh, information wants to be free, and oh, you know the music industry has been exploitative in the past, and and now suddenly it's our industry that's getting. Done. And, and you had this with um, with book publishing as well when um, when ebooks started to be copied and, and pirated. Um, so it, it sort of fit in with that that Kanye West has, on the one hand, this public stance against 
uh, piracy and has suffered from it. You know, that's not um, that's still not just make believe. He absolutely has lost materially through it. But on the other hand, he doesn't really want to spend two hundred dollars yeah. on on a piece of software. But I also wonder, just just to take up on that last point, I do wonder whether he has lost because uh, someone. Um, this is very dodgy to get into, but someone uh, streaming or downloading your music and not paying you isn't the same as them taking money out of your pocket. Uh, no, it might actually yeah. pr- promote your content. You know, there, there there have been occasions where people who aren't famous have had hit records off the back of their music being shared around. One, one of the things I was thought the was Arctic interesting... The Monkeys that um, started off that way? From well, MySpace? Well, that was the PR spin their record company uh, put on their history. It, when, you, when you look into it, they had a MySpace site for a very short time before. Um, so it was just word of mouth? Pretty much, the yeah. But uh, the, 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 what I was going to say then was uh, to do with the journalism thing. That The UK editor of the Huffington Post recently made a ridiculous comment about how he didn't pay his journalists because their content was, quote, more truthful, more truthful yeah. because yeah. it was free, <laughs> which quite correctly created an, an outrageous backlash. But it, I did wonder how many of those people who were being outraged about this use ad blockers. Absolutely. Because the reality yeah. is... We know that something between thirty and fifty percent of the population use ad blockers. I, I'm pretty confident that those kind of more tech savvy people who got into that story, which is a bit of a media storm, it would be a higher percentage. Mm. So you know, it's quite all right to be, to your point, it's quite all right to be and correct to be outraged at someone suggesting that journalism should be free. But if you're ad blocking, you're not paying for journalism. So you are a hypocrite, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Just let that sink in. Yeah. Good. Okay. So I think we've, have we fully covered the Kanye West situation? Uh, I'm going to go around the room and the question I'm going to ask is uh, Kanye West, uh, hero or fool? Uh, Chris Martin. Fool. Lewis Painter. Fool. Christopher. I actually think he's a hero. David Price. Well, I don't agree with either of those things. I think, I think he's a genius. Okay. But Mm. slightly foolish from time to time. Yeah. I'm not really sure who he is. I kind of lost track. Of him. <laughs> I kind of lost track of his career around the time of Ice Ice Baby. He's so, similar to Bing uh, Crosby. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like him. That thing I with uh, Bowie was great. Brilliant. Well, I think we've covered all the uh, topics of the day, and I'd like to thank all of you for contributing, and I'd definitely like to thank you for listening, listener. Uh, you're great. Uh, do get in touch to let us know your thoughts and opinion, and to shake us oh, down for cash. You mean? can tweet us at UK Tech Podcast or email editor at idg.co.uk. Put the word podcast in the subject line, and we probably won't delete it unread. We'll be back next week with more informed opinion and wisecracks and nonsense on the hottest topics in tech courtesy of our good friends and sponsors audio technica until then say goodbye guys goodbye uk tech weekly podcast my business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments then tap to pay on iphone and stripe came along and changed everything with tap to pay on iphone and stripe i streamlined my payment process effortlessly Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, 
Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.